Welcome along to the second edition of F1 Forum. Uh, I'm Joseph Hadfield. And I'm James Knight. Hello again. And uh, on this edition, we are going to have a look back through the Russian Grand Prix uh, that took place last weekend. Um, plenty of, of thrills, spills and uh, a fair bit of rain as well. We're going to have a look back over the 53 laps of the Grand Prix in Sochi. And also talk about that amazing qualifying that saw a bit of a mixed up grid. We'll also discuss the engine penalties and the potential tactics that went on between Merck and Red Bull. And we'll also look ahead to what that means for the championship as we head to Turkey in a couple of weeks' time. That's all to come on the next edition of F1 Forum. So great to have you with us on Spotify. Huge thank you to the Rosa Docs for Say Something as our brand new theme song. Uh, here on F1 Forum, and of course the Rosellas for their intro bed as well. Uh, now, a bit of a, as this is the second edition, we've managed to, to work a few more things out, and uh, we're introducing this new segment um, of a trivia question, uh, um, where for all you F1 fans, there's a, there's loads of stats that go around after every Grand Prix, and uh, each week we'll take in turns to, uh, to provide a, a bit of trivia, and uh, the other one and yourselves will have until the end of the program to uh, to give us the right answer. Now, I'll start off for this first one. Um, and it's, it's one I saw a while back. Now, there are 10 potential answers here, but uh, it's all about the time since a team last won a Grand Prix. Um, now, there are 10 teams in Formula One at the moment. Um, we know that McLaren were the most recent winners back at Monza in 2021. Uh, now, your main question is, can you name the one team that has never won in Formula One? There's never won a Grand Prix in Formula One. And for any additional bonus points, can you name the Grand Prix, apart from McLaren, because I've just mentioned that, the last Grand Prix that each team won? So it's a tricky one, um, but you've got until the end of the program to, uh, to have a think of that one. And obviously, uh, there's no using Google for this one. It's all off the top of your head. So onwards we go then to the, the Russian Grand Prix. And uh, well, we'll we'll, ta- we'll start by talking about that qualifying because uh, we, we've seen since Spa that rain, we all want wet races uh, for Grand Prix. Until then, we had Spa, and now we don't want to see rain ever again on a Sunday. We saw it on a Saturday this time, and uh, obviously no FP3, but the qualifying. Lando Norris on pole. What on earth has he been eating? What a lap. It, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, we knew it was going to be a wet re- weekend when there was pictures coming out on the kind of the Wednesday and the Thursday of the, the Formula 3 cars looking more like canoes than cars. It was it's been a really, really wet week in Russia, but it was fantastic. And the, the, the rain kind of held off at just, just the, the right time to be able to get that drying line going. And, and it's, it's one of those really interesting times in qualifying where rather than it being the car, it really just shines out of who, who is the real stars and the drivers that you always, we've always looked at and gone, they're great drivers. You know, they're fantastic drivers. Norris, Sainz, Russell, your top three anyone who knows anything about formula one would say that they are quality drivers and again your beloved ricardo's up there now again and it's it's great it's it's great to see and i don't know do you like when we have a mixed up grid do you think we're having it too much at the moment when you've got things like belgium as well or well we've had we, we've seen 
you t- take the 2020 season, for example, we've seen how many Merck and Red, well, Merck mainly, polls we were getting. And you just think, right, we've had enough of this now. Can we have something else? And that's why Monza last year, when Gasly won, that was that was something so good because it was something completely out of the ordinary, even though it was obviously Hamilton and that uh, pit lane problem that was what caused it. So, yeah, obviously this season, even though Red Bull and Merck are now the two dominant forces, we've seen multiple different Grand Prix winners. We're seeing completely different grids. And, yeah, like you say, this next generation of, of F1 drivers that has come through, Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz, Charles Leclerc, George Russell, to have those three as a top three for a start in, in, in Russia, yes, you've got the more experience. When you look who you've got behind Hamilton, Ricardo, R- Alonso, two out of the three have been in F1 for, for donkey's years, and another one, Ricardo's been in for a decade now. So, yeah, it definitely it builds the experience of those three in front, and it definitely shows that, that they're gaining the experience, which is going to take them long form in their careers. No, absolutely. It's been it's been quality. And I mean, again, Russell out qualifying Bottas. I think that shows everything again that Mercedes has made the right decision on 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 that front. I think Alonso has absolutely smashed it. He's he kind of had a, a slow start to the season, but he seems to have really got back into his stride. Um it's it's really good to see that he's not just kind of come to to be in the middle of the grid and and not do much like we've seen at, at Hungary. Um his performance there and and now in, in qualifying here and, and in the race. He's smashing it. So it's the talent all upgrade. It's fantastic. Indeed. And obviously there are a few that were out of place. As you mentioned, Bottas only managing seventh, Hamilton only getting fourth, uh, Perez ninth, which is, it says something about this second Red Bull car. Uh, I mean, Perez has never been the strongest on a Saturday when it comes to qualifying. And he, he a Red Bull seemed to sign him for his race pace, which is, is, is fair enough. But speaking of Red Bull, their uh, their grid penalty that came as a result of Monza, starting from the back, and Verstappen he did an outlap and an inlap in Q one, and then called it quits. Do you think that that they should have tried to go for for a decent quali- qualifying position? Because let's be fair, okay, they've taken the grid penalty, but do you think it was it was it was deserved? Because uh, as we'll come on to in a little bit, I genuinely think that that Verstappen starting 20th and going on to where he finished was a little bit, people are making more out of it than they really should be. Yeah, I, I think so, to be honest. I mean, even even just from a kind of a, a practice side of things, you know, you, you've got changeable conditions throughout the the kind of the uh, the qualifying session. You know that there's potential for rain. We, we knew that on the Saturday. So why not just get Max out and do a few laps and actually try and try and get a bit more experience and a feel for the car? You know, yeah, we've had a couple of wet races, but you can never have enough experience in the wet uh, driving these cars. Get him out there and and, and see what he can do. Um, and yeah, it's you know, it's, it's ended up working well for him in the end in the race anyway. But you're right, that was more through pit strategies than anything. And I think if he'd have ended up finishing seventh place, people would have been looking to qualifying and going, "Well, he didn't have enough experience in you know in the wet. You, there was another hour's worth of driving that he could have done." especially given that they missed the practice session. So I think, you know, it's, it's weird for me to say Red Bull dropped the ball when they finished second. But I think on that sense, I think it was a bit of an oversight for them. Um, and I, I did have a few comments at the end of the, um, the last podcast saying there was a little bit of British bias. But for the listeners, they can't see, I am wearing a Max Verstappen top. It is bright orange. So I want to put pay to that. We are exactly neutral. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Red Bull dropped the ball, and I think Max should have done better in qualifying. Uh, <laughs> um, another surprise shock that we saw was was Charles Leclerc going out in Q two. Similar reasons, he took a an engine, a new engine, and a penalty. Yeah, there'd been word that that Ferrari were going to have this new power unit. Uh, so science, it seems like, will take this this engine penalty later on in the next couple of races. Leclerc taking it starting 15th. Well, 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 no, well, he qualified 15th, shall we say, started 19th, obviously. Do you think this is probably even more so with, with Leclerc? Because as we've seen this season, Ferrari are locked in this battle for third with McLaren. Okay, Science started second, which is obviously a bonus, but he still he still had Norris behind him. Do you think Leclerc could have done with with being higher, starting up to to maybe put a bit more pressure on Ricardo? 
I think so. Yeah, it's it's tough when when you get into this point of the season where we need these engine these engine penalties are coming in and things. It's always tough to kind of pick your battles and things. And we, you know, the, the McLarens didn't look like they were going to be all there right at the sharp end of the grid um, in in practice. So I think in that sense, I think it was probably the right decision at that point for Ferrari to go. Do you know what? Let's let's pull one of our one of our two drivers out of the mix for this race. McLaren aren't seeming incredible you know at Monza they will look fantastic from the start start of the weekend so I, I think it was the right decision then but I think there'll have been a, a, a good bit of worry kind of coming into qualifying when they saw uh, Norris stick it on, on pole obviously it wasn't to be but yeah I think at the time they made the decision I think I think it's right but we are going to see a few kind of scares I think up and down the grid you know it's 10 million pounds for every place that they make these these decisions are going to be absolutely huge coming uh, coming into the close of the season, and uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to see a few um, a few absolute howlers from teams as they as they see their nearest rivals get one of those kind of freak results and and, and pay the price for it. We were speaking of howlers. Uh, Lewis Hamilton had quite a bit of one when it comes to to pit lane accidents, uh, crashing into the pit lane entry uh, on his way into change for those soft tires at the the end of Q three. So rare lapse of judgment and concentration from Hamilton, don't you think? It's bizarre. It just seemed like he didn't like the pit lane this weekend. I mean, he, like you say, he overcooked it going into the... It is a tight corner, don't get me wrong, when you're going in, but it's not something you expect from him. He did that, and then earlier on in the weekend, he decided that he didn't like his front jackman and, and run him over as well. Um, I mean, that was in practice sessions and things. You just think, is he getting rattled? I don't know. It's, it's so rare to see him make a mistake, and we, we've seen a couple of these now from him. A uh, couple of mistakes this season, and it it, it could be the pressure um, of uh, of the title battle and things. But yeah, it's very very weird, weird kind of thing to happen, and not something that you generally expect from him. Uh, it was very reminiscent actually of when uh, I think Coulthard was on for a win back in I think it was the Australian Grand Prix years ago, and he decided to do the exact same thing and overcook it going into the pit lane, and it was race over for him. So he he definitely got away with it with uh, just a front wing getting damaged. Adelaide ninety four, quite right. Um, right, so, so uh, qualifying done and dusted, bit of a mixed-up grid. And, uh, well, that led us to one hell of a Grand Prix. Obviously, Verstappen starting last, Leclerc uh, second last. Then you've got Latifi taking an engine penalty as well. Uh, Giovinazzi changing his gearbox. Uh, Bottas taking a new engine penalty. Well, a few uh, a few tactics being, uh, being played by Mercedes. Obviously, it's a track that Bottas knows well. He's won several times there. His last Grand Prix win was a year ago at Sochi. So do you think Merck played the the dirty card of, of bringing Bottas back to try and slow down Verstappen? Yeah, it was genius. I think it was a really good idea. The only problem is that Bottas just seems to forget how to defend sometimes. We've seen it yeah. time and time again. The last Grand Prix as well. Oh, Bottas is going to be there to block Verstappen, and he he may as well just like stick his hand out the side of the cockpit and wave him past it. Mm. You know, I think if if Bottas was kind of had the defensive skills of, of Alonso, I don't think Verstappen would have got halfway halfway up the grid that he did going going into the rain chaos. Um, but it's uh, it was a nice tactic, and uh, and yeah, I think I think Mercedes have really um, have really smashed it in that sense. Um, kind of going into the next um, the next section, we're going to start talking more actually about the race now. Obviously, we saw a dry start to the race um, with uh, Carlos Sainz managing to get a huge slingshot going into turn one uh, and actually getting the jump on Lando Norris by the uh, by turn one. George Russell managed to stay with the top three for a good amount of time, and it was a fantastic fantastic start for the Williams driver. Um, we ended up kind of in a in a kind of standard race pattern. You know, you've got I think Verstappen made up about six places in the first few laps and, and we were looking to kind of have a, a, a really close battle between Hamilton and Norris on, on the pit strategies and things. But then, of course, we got to lap 47 and uh, the Russian climate had different ideas for us and everything changed. I think there was there was so many, so many position changes and it's been absolutely fantastic. Nando Norris gutted for him. He loses the win. It was heartbreaking and you could see him nearly in tears in the press pit afterwards. What are your thoughts on the race, Joe? Well, well, as, as a Hamilton fan, I've got no, no qualms about him winning his 100th Grand Prix. 
I'm delighted for him. And let, let's let's just take a moment. He's won a hundred Grand Prix. Schumacher and people hold Schumacher up as an icon of this sport. He only got 91. Think of Ayrton Senna. He only got 35, I think I'm right in saying. Prost, louder. They only got 30-odd apiece. Hamilton has 100 Grand Prix victories. And, all right, yeah, yeah he's had a, a career now of 14 years. But still, 100 Grand Prix. It just boggles the mind that that we've got a driver that can keep winning races. Like, let's be fair, he won his first championship in two thousand and eight. He won his first championship thirteen years ago, and yet he's he's won the past what is it four five championships. He's consistently winning, and he's breaking new ground for Formula One. He's got one hundred and one poles now, hundred Grand Prix victories. The, the script and the history books of, of what is Formula One are being written by Lewis Hamilton, I think. And do, do we think that there will ever... I know, obviously, there's a lot of people that ask who is the greatest Formula One driver of all time. Statistics show it is Lewis Hamilton. Do we ever think anyone's ever going to reach 100 Grand Prix again? I think it's going to be very tough. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. But I think... That this seems to be the thing that's that's highlighted so much about Lewis's career is it's it's the longevity of it, as he said. You know, with he he started in two thousand and seven when I was in primary school, and here we are, years later, him fighting for another championship. I finished uni last year. That's ridiculous. The fact that he is still at the sharp end, and these cars have only got quicker. You know, he's not like he's been a driver that's had a few years in Formula One and then gone to a slower series to kind of help his neck. This has just got harder and harder on him. He's just got fitter and fitter. And yeah, we're having more races now than we, you know, than we used to kind of in the, the, the Senna Prost days. But his just sheer volume and his percentages of wins are, 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 are what keeps him up there as well for me. It isn't just the amount of races or the car he's in. Yeah, it helps. But we've seen him drive the absolute dog of a McLaren in 2009-10-11 that really wasn't looking anywhere and he's dragged them up to, to victories with them. He got to Mercedes in 2013. That car wasn't good. And within, within two years he's gone on to start the run of six world championships. It's, it's unbelievable and he's, he's, he's really going to go down for me, I think, as, as the greatest driver. Um, this is when Russell comes on and wins 10 championships in a row now with Mercedes. <laughs> and we revisit this and go, ah, maybe not. But <laughs> he's, he is just phenomenal. He, he really is. So, yeah, big, big kudos to him. We think it's a sense that because Hamilton's not had a, a championship rival for so long. I mean, you look at the first two years, 2007, he missed out on the championship by a point against, well, he had, he had his teammate, Alonso, and this is Fernando Alonso, the defending two-time world champion and, and finishes on exactly the same points as him. Kimi Raikkonen wins his first world title. Second year, Felipe Massa, who is frankly an excellent Grand Prix driver. And it, it, it's sad that he didn't, he never won a world championship because that 2008 finale, unbelievable. You look at Jensen Button, 2009. All right. Yeah. McLaren for the sort of the Braun era was was nowhere basically and then Hamilton fighting button for a couple of years obviously someone called Sebastian Vettel comes on the scene and, and wipes the floor for four years and and this is the thing obviously we're seeing Verstappen now that's that's wi winning Grand Prix and fighting a championship with Hamilton and yeah we could say Vettel has, has fought Hamilton in the past few years do we think that maybe the reason Hamilton is is this good is that he's not really had a championship rival pushing him this hard as Verstappen has this year, like Senna and Prost, like Louder and um, who was loud? Louder and James Hunt. That's who I was that's thinking of. Yeah. Um, that's your trivia question for next week. So yeah, exactly. Or do you think it's the sense that will you look at the caliber of drivers that Hamilton's had to go up against? Alonso as teammate, Button as teammate, 
Rosberg's teammate, now, well, Bottas's teammate to an extent, Vettel, Verstappen. Do we think that do we think that Hamilton's sort of gone to all this success because of the fact that he's not had a, a direct, re- st- extremely tough championship rival? Or he's had all these A-level drivers that have pushed him to be as good as he is. Yeah, I think he's just took them apart. I think that's the that's the main thing is, you know, you, you look at the calibre of drivers, they are phenomenal. And if they were against anybody else in their team, they'd have probably gone on and won their, those world championships themselves. You know, Nico Rosberg is the only person that's managed to actually do it. Nico's a quality driver, but he only managed to win that championship after a few crashes that they had in between as well that really kind of shook up the year. But he's took apart every single driver he's fought against. And that that isn't a coincidence. When you when you do that seven times in a row, yeah, Bottas isn't necessarily one of the top three drivers on the grid, but he's decent. And he's had that car that, you know, George Russell got in and nearly won straight away. You know, it's it's a very good car, but nobody else has been able to be competitive against him. And, you know, Jensen Button, for me, is one of the best drivers we've had in the last 10 years. His, his tyre management, his wet weather driving is absolutely phenomenal. And his tactical, tactical awareness has been brilliant. And again, Hamilton beat him. And and I, I, I think it's going to be very tough for someone to come along and do the same. We've seen, we've seen drivers like Vettel, you know, they, they win the titles at Red Bull and then go to Ferrari for the dream uh, of, you know, of rebuilding Ferrari back to their glory days. You see Jensen going across to McLaren. He could never quite do it because Lewis was there. You get all these drivers that move teams to be able to kind of do the fairy tale, like Alonso did actually as well after his championships, and no one's done it. Lewis goes to McLaren, wins his championship in two years, has a couple more years and thinks, do you know what, I'm going to jump ship, and then builds a team that hadn't won to go on the most historic run. So he's, he's not just good at the, the the racing side of things, it's his politics as well, and he's he's managed to be at the right place at the right time and, and get the right people around him. And that doesn't happen by accident. He's, you know, he's clearly got a very good team behind him and, and he's, he's made the most of that. So and I wouldn't be surprised to see him fight for the world title next year as well. I mean, that, that says it all. Maybe all these, these drivers that move teams, maybe the best option is, is to stay at a team long-term because when you look at Vettel, he was at, he was at Red Bull for 2009 didn't work out 2010 to 2014 to 2013 wiped the floor with the entire the entire field and Hamilton's doing the same now at Mercedes going back to the Grand Prix after our our, our par- partial sidetrack and uh, all, all those British bias comments are, are, are flooding back in as we speak <laughs> um as we said it was Hamilton's 100th win but like we mentioned earlier Lando Norris he could have had his maiden win it's it's agonising because we saw how good McLaren were at Monza. They capitalised, and on merit, as we were talking about last week, they won fair and square with a 1-2 at Monza. This week, as you said, no one expected McLaren to be there at the front. Do we think it's a resurgence now of, of how good McLaren have become? Because let's be fair, three years ago, they were struggling to get out of Q1. They've got GP2 engines and and needing more power. Even if they had rocket ships, they would be 11th. So it's a sense that McLaren really are on the way up. And it's full credit to Lando Norris. He's he's been with the team now since, well, he was there when Alonso had his final season um, in in 18. He's made the step up and he's he's blitzing it. It was an all-round performance. He had the wet weather brilliance you know in that mm. kind of wet to dry and then we got to the race and it was dry and you think well you know this is this is the level where you get back to kind of how strong the, the car is and the car held up you know he fought with the ferrari you know who is arguably you know they're fighting for the kind of that, that third place in the best car but they, they they took apart all their contenders you know you had you had perez who was further up the grid mm. had no answer for them you know you you, you had you had so many, you know, Hamilton was only in sixth and he really didn't get in touching distance at all for a long, long time. They really, his pace was phenomenal, Lando Norris. And, you know, he, he had the setback going into turn one, losing the lead. A lot of young drivers that haven't, you know, I think he's only led one lap in his career. A lot of young drivers having had the first pole position get taken away from with it inside kind of a kilometre. They had a dip and think, oh, here we go. But he didn't. He kept his head down, and within nine laps, he took the lead of the race again. And mm. it, it 
it was so mature from him and he, he really didn't put a foot wrong until until the heavens opened and we had the the chaos and and the, the team as as he said didn't actually tell him that the rain was going to continue and get and get stronger so you know it's whether or not we actually blame him or we blame the team for it what's your thoughts i, I i'm in two minds because it's i mean a good example is brazil 2008 it's a perfect example because it what it wasn't raining or yeah yeah it wasn't raining then it rained at the very end all the top ones came in for for the intermediates obviously remember that toyota and glock stayed out on the dries um i i think it's down to the driver because if you remember what ricardo said he said turns 5 and 7 it's ready for for inters now and this were a couple of laps before we had all the chaos. So he came in. He made the decision. Norris should have taken the onus. He said, no, he wants to stay out. You can understand him wanting to stay out. It's his first Grand Prix victory. No one expected it. He wants to go for it. If you are leading a Grand Prix, regardless of who's behind, you want to stay out. If you're only three laps from the end, you want to stay out. But you look at Mercedes. Merck said to Hamilton, come in. He ignored them. They, Norris and Hamilton both ignored the teams first time. But then Merck said to Hamilton, no, you've got to come in. McLaren didn't really, they weren't forceful enough, I don't think. It should have been, McLaren should have known, right, there's a Grand Prix victory at stake. Let's be fair. I think if Norris had come in for, for Inters at the same time as Hamilton, I think Hamilton would have won anyway. I don't think Norris would have held Hamilton behind regardless. But I think with the momentum that you've got, you've already had a one-two, you qualified on pole to take a second and then obviously fourth where Ricardo finished. Take a second and a fourth after a one-two. There's no problem with that, is there? No, and I mean, you get the massive jump on Ferrari then as well um, mm. in, in, in the points and things like I, I I definitely agree with you though on on the whole, McLaren weren't forceful enough. Um, I did like how constructive Lando was when he was driving though, and you know they said, "Oh, we're thinking sector two, it might be a little bit rainy." What are we thinking? And his response was just, "Shut up." Yeah, <laughs> I think that says everything about the panic of I want to win this first race. Help! But but yeah, it, it was it was gutting for him, absolutely gutting. But yeah, I th- I think kind of. The, the, the biggest thing for me when I was watching it at the time is it started raining and I looked at the the, the, the intervals between the cars and mm-hmm. him and him and Hamilton had 47 seconds on third place. So yeah. free pit stop, you're not, they weren't risking anything other than a second place. Exactly. And that, that for me is the biggest oversight where McLaren should have gone. You know, he didn't know that, that gap between first no. and third. That is where McLaren goes, free pit stop. The worst thing that's going to happen is the intermediate seeing it a little bit overheated, but guess what? We've only got five laps till the end of the race, so it's not going to do anything to the tyres. But it's a first win, and I think this is... this is It is literally like saying to someone, right, you can have a million pounds or you can have 500 grand. Yes, you want the 500 grand, but you want the million. Exactly. And this, this is the thing. If it had been... I'm trying to think of another. I'm thinking if it had been someone like, well, I don't, I'm, I'm just plainly trying to think of a driver that has already won Grand Prix. I would say, yeah, you know what? Right. Fair enough. Let's just take the second. And, he, and even you think of, you think of the likes of Bottas and, and, and Ricardo and Perez. I think even they wouldn't, I don't, I think they would have done the same because, I think the only people who wouldn't, who would come in from a first to a guaranteed second. Okay. Maybe Ricardo probably would have done just because it's another second place for a McLaren scene that's on the rise. But like Perez, he's only won two Grand Prix. He would want a third over a second. He, he would want a third win over a second place. The only ones I can think of are probably Hamilton and Verstappen. And that's only because they're winning Grand Prix's regularly yeah and i think i think that's why hamilton was played the smart move 
I think they knew, right, at the worst case scenario, we've got a second. Verstappen's still a long way behind us. Let's just take the points that we can get. So I genuinely think that, that yeah, it. you can blame Norris for it. And I think, I think you have to probably blame... I think you have to be 50-50, don't you, between Norris and the team? Because Norris wants that Grand Prix victory and you're not going to try and convince him to deny his first Grand Prix victory just for a second place. 100% agree with that. So after all that, we had, uh, well, we had more chaos, obviously, because that rain uh, produced a load of different pit stops, everyone moving up and down the grid. And Max Verstappen, as we were referring to earlier on, starting last, to finish second, which is a bit of a, a pain in red in uh, in Mercedes' side. Obviously, they needed to maximise points. Bottas doing pretty much nothing to, to stop Verstappen. Maybe that's just Bottas saying, well, I'm going to Alpha next season, Sodia. Um, but do we think then, because there's been a lot of praise for Verstappen, oh, he got P2 from 20th on the grid, oh, it's amazing. Well, hold on a minute. You only got 20th because you got this new engine and you've only taken this new engine because you've already got a three-place grid penalty anyway and because it's Sochi and because you thought it was going to be a boring race. If Red Bull had known what was going to happen, I know this is hindsight and what have you, if Red Bull knew it was going to be a partially wet race, they would have not put, they would have not let Verstappen start at the back. I can tell you now. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with that. And I mean, it, he essentially got P20 to P7, you know, in, yeah. in, in normal conditions. And then it just happened that everyone decided to play temping bowling with the cars by by kind of lap 57 um, that, that he's ended up there. However, you know, you look at you look at other people around there, Bottas wasn't really hanging with him at all. You know, Verstappen was 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 doing better. Um, he did make some fantastic moves on the way, um, some incredibly ballsy moves as well at that. I think there was going into a fast right and he went for a gap that really was closing. And I think if, if he hadn't have backed out on it, which I think is the first time he's ever backed out of anything, yeah, it would I have think been an right crash and it, it would have ended up being like Mark Webber at uh, Valencia doing himself a nice little backflip into the back of a caterham. Yeah. Um, he, he absolutely went for it. And, and we, we, we saw some of his best driving, um, but it wasn't the, you know, the 18 place games that, you know the the it, the results kind of seem to suggest it was it was a good race, but I don't think it was his best race. But you're right. I think if if Red Bull had known for a second that that race would have turned into the roll of the dice that it was, he would have been starting P4 in qualifying, and he'd have gone from there. Um, I don't think he'd have got pole position, but you know he'd he'd have been up there from the start, and he'd have been fighting with Hamilton and and uh, and really taking it to uh, to him. But I, I just want to kind of touch on. Sochi as well actually um, yeah. as a track we're, we're losing it unfortunately or fortunately mm-hmm. depending on what you think at the end of the year we're going over to St. Petersburg next year we've had it for a good few years now mm-hmm. are you going to miss it? For me no because obviously we will, we will be talking about this in a, in a later show when we talk about our, our favourite circuits and what we'd have on a, a Formula 1 calendar I don't think Sochi would go on anyone's calendar well apart from anyone that lives in russia basically uh, and then they'd probably still go for st petersburg um for, for me for me sochi was always because tilka herman tilker who designed this circuit he's done some brilliant ones over the years you look at you look at malaysia for example that was his first one Fine. masterpiece you look at i'm trying to think now he's done bahrain and china he's done istanbul park for goodness sake yeah he's done some crackers Sochi never really was one. And it's like, it's like you look at the, at the knife that, uh, that is the, the non-human rights Grand Prix in December. Um, that, that is crap, basically. Yeah. It's crap. Abu Dhabi, they're changing it finally this year, thank God. That is crap. Yeah. But that's because of money. That's why it's on the Grand Prix, on the, uh, on the calendar. Sochi, for me, you can't be having a lot of these 90-degree right-angle turn, 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 because that's just boring. You know what I mean? That's why we like we like Spa, because of its elevation change. We like Silverstone, because of its history. Suzuka. Suzuka, exactly, because that is, that is very technical. 
Sochi, the problem with, I think a circuit needs, needs to be unique. It needs to, to have something going for it that no other circuit has. Yeah. Sochi has nothing really because it, it's flat. You can't flat Grand Prix tracks. It's like Miami that we're going to next year. That is going well. I think that's going to be crap as well. And that's because of money. Money uh, dictates Grand Prix. And I think Sochi and even St. Petersburg that we're going to, I think St. Petersburg is going to be crap as well because it's all flat. You mean to say that Formula One disregards human rights for money? Like, what we're not just going to Bahrain, <laughs> Saudi Arabia, UAE, Russia, China just for, for the entertainment. Like what? <laughs> You've heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Saudi Aramco being the main sponsor this year. But Nailing it. I think one weather plays into it, as we saw this year, it brings a bit of unpredictability. And that is good. Like I to be fair. I do like the turn one, two, the long drag down to turn two. I like the idea behind what they were trying to do with that long swooping turn three. They were trying to do an Istanbul, a turn eight. I get it. But it's a bit flat, a bit boring and a bit crap. And unless you get, unless you get something, unless you get some unpredictability, which only really comes with weather, it doesn't do anything for me. And this explains why Merck have won it all the time because it's the fastest car on a crap track. What do you, what do you make of Sochi? Well, I think you said it right there. Your, your highlight of the track is the fact that it's got a long straight. Anyone mm. can do that. Anyone can make a straight line, you know, and I turn three is good. I like it in that it's a little bit tighter than turn eight. And you do kind of have that moment, especially in lap one where, and, and, you know, kind of bits and bats throughout the race when they were going side by side. Yeah. It is one of those moments where you do kind of clench and go, Jesus, like mm. this is, this is tough. And you can really see him kind of flying the car around, but that's it. You know, there's, there's, there's not much more to offer. Um, I've not looked massively at the next track, but I think most good luck, most of the, most of the tracks is going to be better than that. I think. And why not? We'll go a new place, see what it's like. If not, see you later, Russia. Indeed. Um, well, they're also changing the new St. Petersburg track as well, but we'll we'll touch on that in, in a year or two when we actually go there. Because, um, frankly, no one really cares about it at the <laughs> moment. Um, moving onwards to our driver of the day, because, well, there are numerous, numerous contenders for this. Who's your money on? Uh, I'm going to go Lando. I think he's going Lando. I am. I know he slipped up at the end, literally, but I think he smashed it. I think it was a very mature drive for for the for the most part, and it was only the freak nature of the the end of the race that that cost him the win. And I know, obviously, you know this is where world championships and world championship quality drivers are made. In that, you know, it's having those moments like that where you then find yourself in first and second, like Max and Lewis did. You know, mm. it's no accident. But I think. The way he handled the pressure, he got a fantastic launch um, off the line. Any other track, he'd have he'd have kept first going into turn one, but he stuck with signs in the dirty air, managed his tyres really well, was fuel saving through quite a lot of the race, managed his gap with Lewis. I, I, I think he drove a very mature race, and I think if the McLaren car is anywhere near as good as the, the Red Bull and the Mercedes next year, he will be competing for more wins. I don't think we'll see the last of him. Go on. Who's your money on? I've be, I'm torn because, and as much as I'm a McLaren fan, it's Carlos Sainz Ricardo. drove. No, it's not Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> this weekend, it's not. No. I mean, he, he did finish fourth, which is brilliant. He was on for a podium, but never mind. Um, no, Carlos Sainz. I want to give it to him because started second, did brilliant, brilliantly to put it second, and then finished on the podium. Finished third brilliantly. But, and, and you've made some good points with Lando as well, because for all intents and purposes, he was the driver of the weekend, I'd say. Yeah. But it's got to be Hamilton, hasn't it? It's got to be Hamilton, because let's be fair, okay, he made a cock up on Saturday, put it fourth on the grid. 
but then and was was down to seventh because of the the melee that's that happened at turn two and what have you getting overtaken but he pulled it back capitalized on a less experienced lando norris and he he showed his experience to to capitalize on that and take the win and it's I keep going back to it, 100 Grand Prix. No one will ever do that in Formula One. I can guarantee that. No one will ever get 100 Grand Prix again. So it's got to be Hamilton. But driver of the weekend, I will give to Lando. Moment of the weekend. This is, well, as, as you were mentioning, this is like the sort of the funniest or the craziest moment from the weekend. Um, do you want to run through a few of the contenders? Yeah, so I, I kind of mentioned a couple of them. Uh, we had obviously Hamilton making friends with the uh, the pit lane wall. Uh, we then had Hamilton deciding to take out the front Jackman, um, right? And then come on the radio, which some people I think, without knowing that the magic button is the the brakes, uh, mm. the front bike brake bias going to the front. I think on first watch, you see him take out a mechanic and then go, ah, magic. It doesn't look good. Um, <laughs> and then I, I'm going to say my favourite one was Mick Schumacher in qualifying. He's a lovely guy and clearly still doesn't want to be seen to be swearing. You know, you get all the other drivers start swearing their head off like Gasly did. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, Mick, uh, you didn't improve on your lap. And he just sat on the radio and went, oh, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> so innocent and just you can't help but love the guy you really can't <laughs> Mick Schumacher you know what I'm not even going to try and put up any any fight and any alternative to that I think that has to win I Absolutely think Mick so. Schumacher Mick yeah. Schumacher a deserving winner of uh, of our moment of the weekend uh, and fingers crossed he does get his first point of the season because unlike his his teammate who we shall not mention for obvious reasons, uh, despite it being his home Grand Prix, finished was the only driver to finish two laps down. Um, he he's just proved, even though he's in a car that's absolutely dire, he's proved that he's deserving of a seat in Formula One, definitely. And and fingers crossed, in five or ten years, whenever because obviously Charles Leclerc is going to be the leader of, of Ferrari for a while now. I think then you'd have to say because science is pretty young as well. I can see Mick Schumacher and Charles Leclerc being a partnership in Ferrari in in about five years' time. I'd say. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, he's, he's a quality driver, and Mick, if you're listening, if you want to get in touch, I'm sure we'll have a moment of the week uh, t-shirt or something for you. So uh, just <laughs> drop me a DM. I know you do it all the time, mate. So we'll get that sorted for you. <laughs> And while we're on the subject of Ferrari drivers or Ferrari-related drivers, Antonio Giovinazzi, he, ever since the news that his seat was under threat, obviously Raikkonen retiring, Bottas coming in, the only seat that's left on the grid not sealed is his for next season. And he had the chance to prove he had a crash at Monza or he span at Monza and it ruptured his weekend after qualifying so well. He finished... 16th third last of the finishers does the do you think this is pretty much him kissed his f1 dream goodbye for this for next season i think they may as well just announce guang yujo now yeah i think mm. i like him he's been quick you know he's had three q3 appearances this year in in a not great car um however i think the pressure's just got to him you know they did we, we look at the last two weekends and he's just not had a good time and um when when you've got people knocking on the door, you know, you've got your Piastri's, your Guang Yuzhou, Robert Schwartzman, all these kind of drivers. I think they're just quicker. I think the raw pace is there. Um, and and I, th- I think we're going to end up seeing someone else in the in the seat. I think he'll do very well in Formula E or whatever he ends up in, probably in a Le Mans seat or something like that with the new hypercars. He'll be a good driver and he could end up going and winning a different championship. But I, I don't think he's worth the seat anymore, unfortunately. One thing I have to mention is Oscar Piastri. You look at what he's doing in Formula 2, his rookie season, yeah. and how he's not even been mentioned for this seat is, is beyond belief. Like He's won back-to-back feature races. He is leading the Formula 2 championship and has 
as people might not know, you're not allowed to compete in. I don't know if it applies to F3 as well, but you're not allowed to compete in F2 if you win it, basically. So that's why um, Nick DeVries, once he won it, he had to go into Formula E. So I, that that's the thing. If Grand Yujo is going to get that second seat at Alpha, you'd ideally want to see Joe win the champion, win the F2. Cause then at least, you know what I mean? It's like if Piastri wins F2 yeah. and yet doesn't get a seat in F1, well, what the hell does he do now? And that that's really undeserving, I think, but I I'm in agreement with you. I think Jovanazzi's, and yeah, I think Jovanazzi's done with now. I'm, I'm going to call what's going to happen. You're going to hear Go it on. here first. Guang Yujo is going to get into into Formula One next year. He's part of the Alpine Academy, so Alpine stick him there. You've also got Oscar Piastri as part of the Alpine Academy. They've now got their own hypercar. I reckon they'll have Piastri in the hypercar for one year. They'll end up then sacking either Alonso or Ocon at the end of 2022. Bang, you've got the two of them in the in the car. That's they're both too quick not to be an F1. You've heard it here first. Boom. I'm sticking my neck on the line. <laughs> there you go then. It's uh well, well, you, you did hear it here first. And uh Quang Yu Zhou, we think that he's gonna be in for, for 2022. Obviously, the good news is that Chinese Grand Prix looks to be back. And uh, well, they've announced a draft calendar, uh, but we won't mention that on this program because in a couple of weeks, obviously, it will be officially announced. The the 22 calendar in a couple of weeks time and we'll bring you a special edition then which is just after the turkish grand prix now we're not, not going to touch on the turkish grand prix uh in this program either uh but what we are going to talk is some uh, some comments because even though we we are not a, a youtube channel and we don't have uh viewer comments we have got a couple from this week uh that james can run us through yeah so uh my favourite one was kind of the opposite of driver of the day. Um, one of my friends, Charlie, decided to uh, to message and say, just to let everyone know, Stroll deserves the day. <laughs> he's hit Vettel twice and he's spun Gasly. What an awful drive. Also, Daddy, Daddy Mazepin letting his son finish ahead of Mick for once at his home race by ordering Mick to retire is just typical Haas. So there we are. That's... <laughs> That's our uh, pit lane reporter there, uh, one of my mates, Charlie. If, if anyone does have any comments um, at the next race or wants to get in touch with us, either do it on our personal and our social medias or we will definitely try and get some uh, social media set up so you can comment in and uh, let us know your thoughts and you might get a shout-out on what will be, in I reckon, three weeks' time, the most popular Formula 1 podcast in the country. Well, well, that's that's uh, that's hopeful, I should say. Huge predictions uh, we'll today. Just... <laughs> uh, well, I will run you through the uh, the results from the Russian Grand Prix just before we close up. Hamilton winning his 100th Grand Prix in first, Verstappen in second, and Sainz in third. Daniel Ricciardo in fourth, just missing out on another podium from McLaren. Valtteri Bottas uh, with that uh, recovery drive to finish fifth. Fernando Alonso in sixth. Uh, good points for, uh, for the Spaniard and Alpine. Lando Norris in seventh after dropping from the lead after that rain chaos. Kimi Raikkonen back uh, after a couple of races being missed because of COVID. Uh, he was eighth. Sergio Perez in ninth. And George Russell in tenth. Run us through the second half, James. Uh, so then finally we had uh, Lance Stroll just missing out on a point in 11th. Sebastian Vettel in 12th after their bumping and bashing. Uh, Pierre Gasly finishing 13th, having got spun round by Lance Stroll. Um, P14, we had Esteban Ocon. Charles Leclerc struggling down in 15th. And then behind him, we had Giovinazzi, Sonoda and Nikita Mazepin. And then your two non-finishers are Nicholas Latifi and Mick Schumacher. So Russian Grand Prix all done and dusted for another year. And uh, some people wishing it would come back next time out after such a crazy race. And after three crazy races in the last three Grand Prix, where do we go next? Turkey of all places and we all remember what happened last season in Turkey thank god Istanbul Bark is back again uh, just before we finish up we have got that trivia question that I was talking about at the start of the program and uh, I was looking for the only team that's never won a Grand Prix that's currently on the F1 grid 
And uh, for any bonus points, can you name any uh, the, the most recent Grand Prix victory of any team? So uh, have you got the answer? I'm going to go Haas. It is Haas. The only side, the only team that have never won a Grand Prix. And uh, are we really surprised? I think the best they've had was... I think they've... I don't if, no, they've, I don't even think they've had a third of there. They had fourth, I think, at their first race or fifth. Oh, there you are. So, Australia, uh, and then it just went downhill from there. I have been racking my brains for these. I've been furiously writing my answers <laughs> down. Right. So I've done, we've already known McLaren. They last won at Monza this year. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's start at the top then. So let's start Mercedes. Russia. With Russia. Year. Yep. Uh, obviously, the one before that was Silverstone this year. Uh, Red Bull. Weirdly, I struggle with this one. I'm going to say Imola this year. Zandvoort. Only oh, a yeah. couple of races yeah. ago. Only, only the big orange army mass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. actually, well, let's be fair. Imola was the first and Verstappen's had seven and Perez has had one as well. So uh, we'll let you off with that one. Uh, we've mentioned McLaren. So Ferrari. I'm going to go Mugello 2020. No, they didn't year. win Mugello 2020. Hamilton won that. Um, that was Singapore 2019 Vettel's last win. That long ago. Wow. Okay. Uh, Alpine. Uh, Hungary this year. That was Hungary this year. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so it'll be Aston Martin next. Uh, so that was when they were racing point. Uh, Sakia Grand Prix 2020. Yep. Sergio Perez's only Grand Prix victory. Uh, in the Sakia Grand Prix towards the end of last season. Alpha Tauri. Uh, Monza 2020. Yep, we've mentioned it a couple Gasly. of times. Gasly's victory at Monza last year. Uh, that is seven, so it will be, we've mentioned Haas, so it'll be Williams next. Maldonado 2013. Spanish Grand Prix. It was Maldonado, it was the Spanish Grand Prix, but it was 2012. 2012. I will let you have that one. Pastor yeah. Maldonado, bloody hell. And then Alfa Romeo or Sauber. Right, I've struggled with this one. I'm going to go Robert Kubica when it was Sauber. I want to say Canada 2009, but I think it's later than that, 2011, something like that. Not 2011, because that was probably... It's 2008, but it is Canada and it is Robert Kubica. Oh, I'll take that. <laughs> so, yeah, you'll have that one. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, but uh, but there we are. So that is your trivia. And uh, James will have the next one for you next week because that's when we're back. Uh, rather than, uh, than waiting a couple of weeks, we'll bring you more F1 action as we preview the Turkish Grand Prix next week. So for me and James and all the team here on F1 Forum, and that is ourselves, uh, we will see you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.